0: Patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more.
1: Welcome to
0: Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules, Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. I think we're getting into the groove of pandemic staying at home. We're getting oh. better and better at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, you should you should really move to one of the states where we're starting to not do that anymore because uh, some of us are getting done, not just getting into the groove, we're getting done being in the groove. So. I'm not
1: sure I know how to be out in the outside world <laughs> anymore. <laughs> You know, you get used to something. It's it's like a preschooler having their their routine disrupted.
0: Nice and cozy in the nest. So, what are we talking about this week?
1: Well, I wanted to talk about um, those of us who are are still doing unexpected homeschooling. That's what I like to think of it as. Um, you know, the way Michigan shut down was uh, at the beginning of of the pandemic we were just, the schools said, we're just going to be gone for three weeks. So to mm. have an extra long spring break. So that was easy because any time with my kids um, like that is just, I feel like, ah, good. I have time with them again because we're not rushing off to somebody else's schedule. Yeah, And so we had a great time. We were diving into all sorts of things, um, you know, from, from uh, reading Greek myths and um, the, cooking all kinds of stuff and in the the you know there's a balance of time with me and time without me but then when school decided to get online and we're going to get serious and so we have an agenda and we're going to um uh make sure your kids are learning and i was thinking okay they've been learning how are we going to fit this other stuff into the day So that's, that's been, it's almost as if the lockdown has had two personalities, the time when we could just be together and do stuff where they learned a lot, including about pandemics, as everybody Mm -hmm. has. And then there was the, now we are going to take over and take up your kid's life and their emotions and, and turn you into somebody who forces them to get stuff done on a certain schedule. And if you're late, you're going to hear from us. Uh, Luckily, our school is such a sweet school that that when we're five weeks late or eight weeks late, they don't really say anything. <laughs> because boy, are we we're not on time on a lot of things because it it's not fitting in. The days mm-hmm. are not long enough to do everything that is suggested, let alone what's required. <laughs> and besides, I have very strong opinions about uh, you know how my own home and family should be run. And if I see a kid who's ready to go outside and scream, then that is what they go do. (laughs) Heather, you should write, you should
0: write a book about those strong opinions.
1: Yeah, I should probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, I've actually, as I say, I feel like we've hit our groove, which is to do about 60% of what is suggested and Mm -hmm. then do our own thing the rest of the time, and then think about maybe doing the rest if we get around to it. But right now we're planning uh, a tree fort and um, trying to see how many flies we can kill with rubber bands. And um, today the great excitement was trying to catch a chipmunk under a bucket with a little stick and pull the string and yeah so this takes a lot of hours of brain power and you just can't interrupt it for other things.
0: I've got to interrupt and what were you using as chipmunk bait?
1: Well okay so to be honest this is my husband's main project. Um, because we've just started a you know a victory garden, and we're we've got the dirt and new soil, and we're he's gone off to get some seeds, but the, the chipmunks were starting a nest right there in the oh. garden, digging it all up so so it's time to move the chipmunks to another nice homey spot in the world, so he tried various things he started with things like peanut butter, and he discovered that that attracted a lot of ants. <laughs> Okay, so we caught ants. It wasn't the main purpose. And so then we switched. Then he went to my nice jar of nuts, like mixed nuts, cashews, and almonds. And I said, Really? Those are kind of pricey. The
0: chipmunks? Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: we eat those. <laughs> so and then he tried the cheapest food in the house which was those little oyster cracker things that have no taste and a little Mm -hmm. bit of salt on them they did not like those they turned up their nose at raisins so we were finally down to um, what worked best was peanuts Hmm. Yeah. so he caught uh, two chipmunks with peanuts and of course the kids are wow and all the and he tried various things you know with uh, them falling threw a towel into a bucket of water, but they could jump out because there wasn't enough water. And then the bucket with the stick under it, you pull the stick away with fishing line. And I mean, there's a lot of physics, there's a lot of biology, there's a lot of everything going on, including who likes raisins and who likes peanut butter. (laughs)
0: I, I we could we could do a multiple episodes of this podcast just talking about this I find it fascinating it's great and there's again I, I there's so much language and conversation and science and and mathematics and it's it's all there if you wanted to turn and that in into-
1: I mean we've had days upon days of failure today was actually the two chipmunk day where
0: it- <laughs> that's a red letter day <laughs> except for the chipmunks
1: well, hopefully they'll like their new home and we think they're the ones that are mated. So we think we're keeping the family together. Keeping
0: the family together. They're not going to, you're not saying to live on a farm, are you?
1: No. So, but you know, even watching adults kind of play like that, you—yes, yeah. you laughing at each mistake and watching um, and interacting like that. I mean, that's good family stuff that's going on because anytime uh, a kid is trying something like, in fact, the girl up the street Um, she's the one that loves worms and bugs so much, but she was told me she was starting a chipmunk trap and she was using a styrofoam cooler and a little stick. And then she'd go sit on the porch and watch it. And then the wind would blow it away. (laughs) But she told me she was going to catch a chipmunk. So I haven't known it, but you know, often the kid's idea, they, they can get frustrated with the first failure. And it's, it's quite fun to watch the adult have that same setback and then, the kids say, "Oh, what about this?" And then you try it, and you laugh, and that's a colossal failure too. So it can be really good to to see us mess up.
0: Yeah, absolutely, good learning experience. I, I suppose we should get back on topic.
1: Oh yeah, we're talking about we're talking about requirements during online learning, and especially with the little ones. I'm talking about kindergartners, early elementary, and preschoolers. Um, I have not talked to a lot of humans during lockdown, far fewer than usual, but the ones I have talked to, neighbors and so on and people on Zoom who have kids at home and are trying to work full-time or work half-time and do homeschooling, I have only heard one thing, which is, well, I've heard two things. One is we're not doing it. (laughs) That's one thing I've heard. And um, those parents have just declared it's too much. They have two or three kids or four kids and they're all being asked to do so many different things by so many different teachers, they can't keep up. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: they're just saying, sorry, this is the end of second grade and that's good enough for me and it's good enough for my kid. And those parents I find are very confident normally about What their kids need and feeling okay with their own decisions, but that's a minority of us, really. And then there's the rest of us who feel like the teacher said so, and I ought to do it. Yeah. And you want to be nice and please the teacher, and then you feel like you're not doing your job right as a parent if you're not doing what's required, and even if it says it's not required, it's just an expectation. Um, You know, you feel the weight of those expectations, and so we we often second-guess ourselves i mean i talked to a neighbor who has a preschooler and a seven-year-old and the seven-year-old was often they were starting at 8 30 in the morning and sometimes going till four (laughs) and i said where are the breaks she said well sometimes we have a break after two hours i said a break after two hours and then you know the kid would be crying and the mom would be crying and i think you know what you you don't have to put yourself through this
0: Yeah. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm but not, because
1: I'm- we're all closed down, it's taken a lot of people, a lot of tears and a lot of struggles to even realize, because the stress is so much, that to realize that they might not have to do it. It's not something most people consider, oh, I don't have to, or, oh, I could tell the teacher, this is what's happening, it's way too much because we just feel this is what's required i've got to do it for my kid to stay stay up with everybody else
0: yeah the the part that really bothers me about it is the people who are Encouraging, asking, requiring that these insane things be done are people who are supposed to have a background and and skill in early learning, and the fact that they're asking a child that age to sit for two hours is—I mean—it's developmentally. They're not.
1: I think that's the world. It's wrong.
0: It's just—it's just wrong.
1: I, I give the teachers a lot of leeway here because they don't know what's happening. They can't unless they're on a Zoom call where they can see into your house. They do not know what's going on. And they know mostly what's going on when they see your child every day and they can get a sense of moods and and how things are working, but they can't see what you're doing. They can't see your tactics. They can't see that you're on the clock for seven hours a day unless you tell them. Um, And some of them are, um, especially at the beginning, were so overwhelmed by this new everything that they were just throwing videos at kids or throwing stuff feeling you know say try this you know try that um, and not really knowing how long it would take um so and people were in pretty much a crisis mode and they may have had people in their family who were sick and still meant to be taking care of a classroom of kids so sometimes i feel as if this is new for everybody give them a break but if what's coming at you is not age-appropriate you need to believe your heart and believe your gut and say, okay, we're just stopping for today. Absolutely.
0: I've had the same experience with hearing from people as, as you have with uh, this, this isn't working. Um, And I was talking to somebody exchanging messages with somebody the other day. And one of her children who has struggled, struggled with school when there was actual school to go to, um, gave up pretty quickly on the online stuff and they've been doing more homeschool type focused stuff like regular old normal pre-pandemic homeschool type stuff. And, and she, she's found her daughter is is happier and more pleasant to be around. And they are trying to figure out how to make homeschool work for her after all of this is done because they, it's just, it's just a better version of this child not having all of, all of that in her life, apparently.
1: Yeah. And some people are discovering the wonders of that. Some of them them will discover, you know what, I can do this, but when school reopens, I'm going to be very happy given our personalities or given our work schedules that it's, it's good to send them back to school. But no matter which camp you're in, I think you have to find your groove for the moment and figure out what that is. And, and the younger the child, the less you need to worry. I, I know it, it's hard to hear that message, but your child who's three will be all right if she never does a math problem until she's way older. She doesn't need to know how many you know, peas are on her plate. <laughs> um, she doesn't need to know what the number two looks like. Um, and if you are a you know, eight-year-old, You can learn so many other things right now. You don't have to have that particular side of academics pushed into you. You've got other things you can learn about. Maybe they're going to be blossoming in their emotional learning it doesn't all when you think oh my kid's gonna fall behind we always think academics 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 well there's more to a human being than just one part of their brain
0: yeah
1: so they are always learning we're we're saying oh we got to get kids learning again they're always learning it's just a matter of which parts of them you allow to have space to breathe and learn so maybe right now they're going to be learning other parts of them like how to throw a ball so it doesn't hit them on the head. I mean, or how to catch a chipmunk. Yeah. There's parts of them that are learning. You can't stop the learning unless you take their time away. And some yeah. of this too much virtual. It was um, interesting because I have a high school age kid and, and we're looking actually for him for something for the summer um, would be, since he loves music, he wants to study music theory and it would be in a, a modified summer camp that that is uh, online. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of screen. And what the screen teachers said was, um, you can be with people hours a day, but sh- your brain will get much more exhausted With say even three hours of a screen a day, that's much harder on us to cope. So we're not doing more than that. And this is for high school kids. Absolutely. (laughs) And that in that three hours, there's a break of an hour and a half in the middle of that, right? So if that's only what the high expectations are for a 16, 17, 18 year old, and I've noticed that I can have Zoom fatigue where I can't look at a screen any longer myself. So kids. It's it's more exhausting for them to do this screen work um, than it is for them to do their regular normal work in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and it, it more distracting at, at at some level too. I've I've heard about uh, kids being on Zoom for school related stuff, and their big concern is changing their virtual background. And oh, that's and the only going
1: things. thing. Yeah, that yeah. is the going thing.
0: Yeah. So I guess the big takeaway from this episode is is. It's it's okay. It's gonna be okay. It's and gonna
1: be okay. Your child is going to thrive, and they will thrive best if you are calm, um, and you allow them to explore whatever it is they're interested in right now. The first, let's just say, ten years and more of life are really about play and following your curiosity. And if it's bugs, then let them do bugs. But if the next day they're into something totally different, let them change. You know, don't get in their way.
0: Yeah. Find opportunities for that that play exploration and discovery and, and they'll be okay. And you could go far, far wronger, far longer. I don't know if that's right. Uh then than going out and trying to catch a chickmunk or a rabbit or whatever kind of small animal life is running around in the in the yeah. in the neighborhood.
1: So what we've been doing too is hatching dragon eggs. Ah. Those yeah. are hard to come by. Well, they can be, but it's surprising. It's quite a popular pastime during the pandemic. I, I have friends in the children's book world, and one of my friends um, is a is an expert in dragons, and he's written several books about um, dragons and phoenix and you know the phoenix and all kinds of fantastic beasts. He has a book called How to. Um, raise and keep a dragon. And it tells you how to get a dragon egg and identification of the different dragon eggs. Because if it's a standard Western dragon, it'll be smoking hot because they're fire uh-huh. But uh-huh. if it's an Asian dragon, it's more likely to be round like a pearl, like the moon. So you have to know your what kind of dragon you want to hatch. And then once you um, hatch your dragon, you know ha- have to learn about the incubators and they can take 3000 years to hatch also. So you want to plan ahead. And when you get your dragon, um, you have to plan for things. You might need a, a fire protective suit. Uh-huh. You might want to um, build a lake in the backyard and have a, a temple or a castle. So, and you need treasure so they can guard the treasure. Oh, yeah. So they've got they to have,
0: have that hoard to guard. They
1: got a, they have a hoarding instinct. And they're going to start hoarding your toys if you don't give them some, a, a, tr- a chest of gold or something. Yeah. So it's really popular. He's been getting letters from kids all around the world, from Italy in lockdown, from Hungary in lockdown, from the U.S. in lockdown, of all the kids who are hatching dragon eggs. Because if you're stuck at home and you have a little bit of Play-Doh, it's a great time to hatch a dragon egg.
0: Great. In 3,000 years, we're going to have a horde of uh, dragons flying overhead and have another problem we had to shut down for. Yeah, everybody yeah. has to stay inside because they're being attacked by dragons. That's going to be great.
1: So we have two dragon eggs in our house right now that are still hatching. Um, one's blue and one's red. I'm not quite sure what's going to come out of them, but but um, my son tells me that the time is going really fast and 3,000 years is almost over.
0: Oh, well, great. I was wondering about that. It seems like 3,000 years since they started, huh?
1: <laughs> it does sometimes. So if anyone wants to hatch a dragon, of course you can do that anyway, but, um, The the book How to Raise and Keep a Dragon is really quite fun and has great illustrations and all you need to know.
0: That sounds like another author we need to have on the show at at some point, Heather. So uh, before we wrap this up, we're taking uh, speaking of time, uh, we're taking a little bit of time off over the summer.
1: Yeah, um, we are living um, living how we speak, which is time off the rhythm and balance of life and time for play. So. Renegade rules will reappear, but it's going to take a little hiatus over the summer and come back when hopefully the world
0: has,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, it's done something different. At least it'll have a few more dragons in it. Let's just say that. And it'll have all you listeners in it. So have a good summer. Take care of yourselves and don't stress about what your kids may or may not have learned because we've all learned a lot.
0: It's, it's going to be okay. Thanks for listening. This has been a Renegade Rules. We'll see you when it's a little bit closer to fall time. We don't know exactly when yet, but we'll keep you posted. Thanks for listening. Back not soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to ExplorationsEarlyLearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy... Whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.